2019, a 15-year-old up-and-coming tennis player, Coco Goff, faced off at Wimbledon, the world's biggest tennis tournament, against her idol, 39-year-old Venus Williams. In a huge shock to the tennis world, Coco Goff defeated Williams, who is one of the best tennis players in history. Only one year before, Coco Goff's life looked a lot different. Looking back on that time, Coco Goff said to USA Today, quote, I was just lost. It took many moments sitting, thinking, and crying. I came out of it stronger and knowing myself better than ever. Everyone asks me how I stay calm on court, and I think it's because I accepted who I am after overcoming low points in my life. Now, when I'm on the court, I'm just really thankful to be out there. Coco Goff was wrestling with depression. What is depression? How could it affect someone who seems so confident? Depression is one of several mental illnesses that affect younger people. A mental illness is any disease that affects the way your mind works and feels. Depression, for instance, feels like hopelessness, and you can't just tell yourself to stop feeling that way, even if things are going well for you. Coco Goff is just one of many millions of children who struggle with mental illness. Over the next few minutes, we're going to explore how mental illness affects children. We'll talk about the signs and symptoms of mental illness, as well as how common it is among children. We'll also discuss the current situation in the world and how the coronavirus pandemic is affecting children who struggle with their mental health. And finally, we'll look into various ways that friends, family, and professionals can help support children struggling with mental illness. Okay, let's get started with an important truth. Quite a few children struggle with mental illness, a lot more than you might guess. That's, that's right. According to the Centers for Disease Control, about one out of every 10 children experiences some sort of mental illness. That may not sound like a lot, but think about it this way. In an average American classroom with 30 students, three of them are suffering in some way. That means that someone you know, maybe even someone you're close to, is struggling with mental illness. When we say mental illness, what exactly do we mean? Yeah, it's a great question. So an article in USA Today says that mental illnesses are disorders that affect someone's mood, thoughts, and behavior. The most common illnesses are anxiety and depression. Something else that article reminds us of is that anxiety and depression aren't just feeling scared or feeling sad. Uh, everyone feels scared and sad sometimes. Anxiety and depression interfere with your life. They make you feel overwhelmed and sometimes even hopeless. Hopelessness is one sign to look for when we're trying to identify someone who might be struggling so we can help. The Child Mind Institute has a list of signs and symptoms of depression and anxiety that we can use to notice when someone may be struggling. For instance, we should notice if someone is feeling very sad for more than two weeks or has severe mood swings. Those are all signs of depression, which is like unbearable sadness, but what about anxiety? So one thing to look for is a sudden overwhelming fear, especially if it's combined with physical symptoms like a racing heart, fast breathing, nausea, or dizziness. Something important for everyone to know is that it isn't always obvious when someone's struggling with mental illness, which is why it's important to try to reach out to our classmates and friends to offer our support. That's so true. And it's especially important that when we do find out someone is struggling, we let them know that there is help. Mental illness can feel so awful and inescapable, but Very Well Family notes that therapy and other treatments, along with support from family and friends, is hugely helpful for children who are suffering. 
We'll talk more about support later on, but one thing I'm curious about is how the current coronavirus situation would affect children struggling with mental illness. If normal situations are already challenging, wouldn't this be pretty difficult? For sure. According to USA Today, children, especially those with anxiety, are having more frequent breakdowns. They miss their friends and they miss school. For kids who are already struggling with their emotions, the uncertainty of the coronavirus is a big challenge. That said, the same article does point out that kids are really resilient, which is another way of saying strong, and they are more able than adults to bounce back. Although some people have expressed worry that maybe this generation of kids will not feel as safe and secure when they grow up, psychologists say there isn't any evidence for that. They do point out, though, that kids from vulnerable families may have a harder time than children who have stable and secure families. What we really need to do as a society is look for ways to help kids from families who may be struggling to make ends meet with so much unemployment and uncertainty in the world right now. Those families can do a few things themselves as well. For instance, National Geographic points out that parents who can model calmness in front of their kids will make a big difference, even if those parents don't feel calm themselves. It's also important to be honest in answering a child's questions, but there's no need to share more details than necessary. Finally, outdoor family time is an important remedy for anxiety from the coronavirus. Too much time on screens can be isolating for kids who are already feeling lonely and depressed. Those are all good suggestions, and that brings us to the final part of our podcast, which is talking about how we can help people who are struggling with these tough mental illnesses. The first thing to know is that students themselves are totally capable of helping out other students. The Christian Science Monitor reports on a group called the Hope Squad. The Hope Squad is really intriguing because it helps empower students to help each other. Students who joined the group in Arizona and other places across the United States were trained to recognize the signs of mental illness, as well as ways to be good listeners and compassionate supporters. There are other similar groups, but all of them have the same goal, help children help each other. It's a great concept. One important note though, is that all of these groups teach students to recognize when they need to get help from adults. Help Guide, a project of Harvard University, informs us that for many cases of anxiety and depression, a form of treatment called cognitive behavioral therapy is most effective, but only a professional can offer it. That kind of therapy, also called CBT, helps children adjust their thoughts and behaviors to combat their anxious or depressed feelings. One unfortunate truth, though, is that as USA Today reports, there simply aren't enough guidance counselors to support all of the struggling students. The average high school in the United States has 800 students for every one guidance counselor. Right. And that same article says that more than half of American doctors say they don't always know the signs to look for in younger children with anxiety or depression. Which is exactly why learning more about mental illness is so important for all of us, so that we can get younger kids the help they need as soon as possible. And we can try to encourage schools and governments to push for more mental health professionals so that there are enough out there to meet the needs of all of our children. We hope you learned a lot about mental health from our podcast today. We hope you'll tune in next time when we'll be talking about the Navy's recently released videos of unidentified flying objects or UFOs. Bye. Bye.